Good morning. That was a perfect song. As always, God provides. Give me Jesus in the morning, during the day, when I come to the end of my life. Give me Jesus. Some days are full of life. You know what I mean? They seem like there's a lot going on. The hours just seem bigger. Mark and I had a couple of days like that this past week. There was a lot going on. Just the days were full. They seemed longer. They seemed bigger. They seemed fuller. And we got to the end and we're like, was that just two days? That felt like seven. I think that's a little bit what like the disciples felt like although exponentially, following around Jesus. Days were full of signs and teachings and confrontations, and they were full of life. They were full of Jesus. This morning, we come to our fourth sign in the Gospel of John. Our first sign was water to wine, where we saw that Jesus is Lord of creation and he's Lord of the new covenant. The second sign is where Jesus healed the official son. And we saw that Jesus is transcendent and imminent. He is, he is beyond creation and he is in creation. He's with us. The third sign, Jesus healed the lame man. And we learned that he is Lord of the Sabbath and Lord of human flourishing. This morning we come to the fourth sign, where Jesus feeds a really big crowd. We read the description of this miracle earlier in the service, and the text that we're gonna focus on is the discussion that happened the day after the miracle. But before we get there, I'd like to just review the context of the miracle. In verse four, John said the Passover was near. Now, this wasn't just an, oh, by the way, comment. This was a comment that anchors us, that gives us a framework for what is going on here. It points us to the Exodus, because that's what the Passover feast celebrated. It's where God redeems the Israelites from slavery it's where God sustains and guides them in the desert while they're wandering through the wilderness. He provides water. He gives them bread. He guides them with smoke during the day and fire at night. He gave them manna for 40 years. So the Passover remembers the past, what God did that he redeemed them from slavery, he sustained them with bread, and he raised up a prophet, Moses, who was the, their, his, their mediator and guide. But the Passover also pointed to future expectations for the Israelites. It pointed to the promises that God will do even greater things than these, even in the midst of their failures and judgments and restorations and exiles. 
They expect and look forward to God fulfilling his promises. That was a big part of Passover. And Moses told them way back when that God was going to raise up another prophet just like him. And they had been looking for this prophet for more than a thousand years. And that, this little jump into the Passover reality doesn't even get into the other things that were swirling around in these waters. The charged atmosphere, the, they were in a border town. There was a lot of conflict. They didn't like the, the Roman oppression. They were resentful of the burdens of occupation. The people were barely making it, and they were ripe for something different. So now we get to the sign itself, to the miracle, where Jesus fed 5,000 men. And by all estimates, it was more than that, because there were women and children weren't there. We just know that it was a really, really big crowd. And you know the story. We read it earlier. Jesus tested Philip with this question. Andrew found five loaves and two fish. Jesus telling them to sit down, taking the bread and the fish and giving thanks. He broke it and he passed it out to all the people. Everyone eats their fill and there were leftovers. Think of the time it took to do this. Over 5,000 people were handing bread off to each person. Each person. Just think of the, yeah, what it would take to distribute the food. And then kind of the discussions going on. Where did this come from? Did you bring this? No, I didn't bring this. Where did this come from? Who, who brought it? Wait, is it, did Jesus bring it all? This is coming from Jesus? He's feeding us? Can you get a sense of the excitement that started swirling around? They saw the sign, and they were convinced they knew what it meant. The Messiah had come to make their life better, defeat their enemies and provide food. Let's make him king. What could be better? In response, Jesus withdrew. And he sent his disciples into their boat to, to cross the, the Sea of Galilee. That night, it's not the portion that we did not read, but during the night, Jesus came to them. He walked on the water and he met the disciples in the boat as they were halfway across. They were stuck in a storm. And they got across all the way to Capernaum. So in the morning, the people who were still on the other side of the lake woke up. And they looked around, they're thinking, where is Jesus? We saw the disciples leave, and Jesus wasn't with them. So they still wanted to know where Jesus, they wanted to find him. So they went to find him, and he was in the synagogue in Capernaum. And so this is where we pick up our passage this morning. The next day, after the miracle in the synagogue. 
The reading of God's word from John chapter 6, starting with verse 25. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may, be, may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to, to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at that last day. This is the word of the Lord. Holy Father, you have given us the bread of heaven, your Son. May the truth of these words permeate our hearts. May your call on our life ring clear. Grow our trust in Jesus, your Son, so that we may have life in his name. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. So what is the significance and the meaning of Jesus feeding this huge crowd? Well, it's clear from the discussion that it's going to take us a little bit to get there. Jesus needs to deal with some misconceptions that are revealed by the questions that he was asked in this discussion. So let's look at the three questions that are in this passage. So the first question and response, verses 25 through 27. The people asked Jesus, when did you get here? Now, I found that question kind of confusing. 
because it's really not a question of when, it's a question of how. They had a framework of when he got there, so I, I, that was kind of ambiguous to me. The other thing is that they called him rabbi. The day before, they were going to make him king. So there is a shift that's going on here. We're not sure what's going on, but what we do know is they're still seeking Jesus. They still want something from Jesus. So, but Jesus did not get distracted by this ambiguity or confusion. He just went right to the point, and he answered them. He says, he exposes really what they're truly seeking. Jesus says, you're just coming after me because you want another meal. Ouch. You're looking for me because you ate the loaves and had your fill. They enjoyed the gift, but they missed the giver. They're focusing on what will be gone tomorrow and are driven by what doesn't last, consumed by the cares of the day. Jesus says you're working for food that spoils, that's going to fade. He basically says you're going in the wrong direction. He says open your eyes and pursue what really matters, what will meet your deepest need. Be aware of your deepest need. And guess what? It's more than food, believe it or not. Pursue what will endure. And guess what? It's given by the sun. Okay. They're intrigued. This sounds kind of interesting. So they get to the second question. They say, well, what must we do to do the works God requires? Huh. They kind of miss the point don't they? Jesus says, you're going in the wrong direction. And they say, okay, how do we pedal harder? <laughs> they assume they can do the works God requires. What's the program? How do I make this happen? As if they are the ones who can fill their deepest need. They're trusting in themselves and what they can do. So Jesus responds, exposes what they think sustains them. Jesus says, this isn't about your works. Believe in the work of God. This isn't about yourselves. Believe in the one who sent, he sent. He sustains you. He meets your deepest need. Okay, they're sticking with him here. Maybe they're going in a little bit of the wrong direction. Okay, course of judgment. Maybe they can't do the work, but now they sure know what they need. They know what they need. Here's the third question. They say, what sign will you give us so that we may believe? What will you do? It's ironic, given what Jesus had just done the day before. But 
they're thinking that the sign has to exceed what Moses did. And Moses fed them for 40 years. They know what Jesus needs to do to meet their expectations. Jesus exposes what they really trust, satisfaction on their own terms. And their terms are all mixed up because Jesus says, you don't even know who really gave you the bread. It wasn't Moses. It's my father who gave bread then and gives bread today. He gave manna back to your, ans- to your ancestors, and he gives true bread from heaven, real life, to the world. All right, already, give us the bread. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Jesus is the sustainer and redeemer of the whole world. This is an audacious claim, then and now. Jesus is saying, our problems are so much worse than we can conceive. It's more than our food, it's more than our efforts, and it's more than what we think is good for us. It's, it's an issue at the core of our being. But Jesus is also saying, that the life he offers is so much more than we could hope for or imagine because he is the bread of life, the redeemer and sustainer of this world. Jesus is the only good focus for our life. He is the one who sustains and gives life. And he is the one who shows us what real life is like. But he also knows that seeing is not necessarily believing him. Clearly, because he's confronted with skepticism and challenges all the time and this kind of attitude of, who do you think you are? You see, Jesus says to them, you see, but you still don't believe. But for those who believe, for those the Father brings to Jesus, there is a threefold promise. First, that Jesus meets our truest needs. He says, we will not hunger or thirst. We all know deep inside of us, that life is more than just food and drink. Jesus says he offers all that we really need today. The second promise is that Jesus will receive those, will receive us and guard them well. All who the Father bring will come and Jesus will guard and not cast out. So he meets our needs, he receives and guards. And the third promise is, those who believe are assured life, eternal life, 
and resurrection with Christ. For it is the will of the Father that everyone who looks on the Son and believes will have life, eternal life, life in the Son and life with Jesus. I don't know about you, but I saw myself in those people that were chasing after Jesus. The temptation to see the sign and not the sun. Wanting the blessing and ignoring the giver. More enamored with the results than the person. Or how about getting on the the control treadmill? This all depends on what I do. Depends on me. Life isn't a gift, it's what I make of it. Or, I know what I need. I will only be satisfied when I get what I want. Later in the discussion, Jesus says these shocking words. He says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Just as a living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. Our deepest need is a new heart, a new life, that, the, that only the true bread from heaven can give. Jesus gave up his life on the cross so that we may have life with him. Ephesians 2 says, We were dead in transgressions and sin, but God, being rich in mercy because of his great love, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him. By grace, we have been saved and raised up with him. So this morning at his table, we are practicing trusting Jesus for everything. We don't have life without his life in us. We receive the bread and the juice as signs of his body and his blood. His life is our life. 
This movement is an act of faith. Faith that Jesus is the one who meets our truest and deepest need today. Faith that he receives us and that he guards us into an everlasting life. And faith that he will raise us up with him. Assurance of life with him always. Please join me in prayer.